This is the Swishwire Podcast. Welcome to the Swishwire Podcast, folks. We are kicking off our March Madness Mania. I'm joined today by one guy you know, Ian, uh, but we're also joined by the junior guard for the Drexel Dragons. He's been lining it up in the CAA for the past three years, tied for the lead in assists per game in conference. His natural scoring instincts have still allowed him to put up 17 points per game. The man I'm talking about is Cameron Winter. Cam, appreciate you joining us today during your busy week, man. Welcome. Yep, appreciate you guys having me. Uh, it's just an honor to be here, honestly. You know, I, I want to I get you started right off the bat. Question that I love asking people, it's different for everybody. Was there a moment, a specific play or uh, an award, a game that you won where you just knew, shit, man, I am meant to be a basketball player. I belong out here. Um, I think probably my freshman year after I won rookie of the year, uh, that was probably the moment where I was like, I really belong here and I could, I could do a lot of damage at this school and at this level. Um, that was, yeah, that was probably the moment. That's big. I can only imagine how much of a confidence booster that is. Yeah, especially not having that many offers, you know, always being an underdog. So it was like, that was real uh, big for me to get that and, you know, boost my confidence a lot. Underdog has worked for you guys so far. Yeah. All right, coming up next. Uh, so not including your current teammates, who was the best player you've ever played with? Uh... I'd probably say Hamadou Diallo. You play with Hamadou? Yeah, he, he's different. He's different. Yeah. Bouncy, strong, athletic. He does it all. So He's going to kill in Detroit. You've right? never been to feeding him with them lobs, bro. Yeah, he yeah, he gets up. <laughs> always, he's always got up, though. So. Yeah. So what, speaking of pro players, I mean, we've, we've watched some film. One of our guys said that he basically saw young Darren Williams in you. I look at you the way you score, both pushing pace and at your own kind of, you know, uh, well, your own pace. What are some players that you mold yourself after? I mean, I see Kyle Lowry when I look at you. Yeah, uh, I watch a lot of Jamal Murray. Uh, I always have. Um, you know, ever since he was at Kentucky, I thought he was a tough player. So when he was going off in the bubble, I was hyped. So. Uh, <laughs> He's back yeah, to bubble right now. He was tough. That's a good one. I see that one too. Very patient. You get to your spots so well. That's good. Yeah, man. You got that. You got that step back on lock too. <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite move. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now going back to your high school days. So uh, back when you played for a uh, Holy Trinity, you racked up a ton of awards. Like you got most outstanding athlete. Yeah. Uh, Catholic high school athletic association player of the year. Uh, you were selected to an all-state team and the all-Long all Island team, and you were an honor roll student at the same time. How did all of this help you grow as a person, and how did they also help you build your on-court reputation? Um, I think a lot of stuff helped me grow as a person, just just uh, learning how to be humble at a young age um, and also putting school first. Uh, you know, that's a big thing my parents preached to me is always put school first. So I think just doing that and uh, not letting the awards ever get to your head. And I think that's something I carried in high school. And that's probably the biggest takeaway, honestly, from from that. Because, uh, you know, awards always going to come, but, you know, you always got to be humble and stay true to yourself. Where a lot of people get a uh, student athlete and athletic student confused. So yeah. it's good you had your head in the right place. 
going through that process. It's a lot. That's, that's you're from Hempstead, right? Yeah. A lot of talented guys been coming out of Hempstead in the last few years. And Holy Trinity, I mean, they have a legacy of basketball. I know they've got they had Matt Doherty come out of there yeah. 20, 30 years ago. He was coaching at uh he was the coach at UNC for a while. Bob McKillop came out of there, Steph Curry's college coach. There is some basketball legacy at that school. You're part yeah, of um, we just trying to build it back. We were trying to build it back up. Uh, we fell a little short, but you know. Word, word. So uh, more back to your high school. So uh, back in the day, you played for uh, Team Crown and coached the Aspara at, uh, for AU. And uh, Crown's had uh, so much success in the last couple of years with, like, all their top-end talent coming out. Uh, how did Crown help you change your game while you played under them? Uh, I think Coach Chris is – he's probably one of the best coaches I've ever played for. Uh, you know, just the way he treats his players and, and the way he, like, truly cares for you. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't feel like a coach. He feels like uh, more like a mentor, and I I could probably speak for every player who's played for him. They they run they run through a wall for him, like for real. And I think that's just special. Like, he's just a special dude, and he makes that whole program. So, um, yeah. He's worked. We've we've heard a lot of great things from uh, from Crown and from Coach Chris, and um, I mean they've they've built a legacy up there. They've built not to use the word too many times in the same minute, but you guys have been putting out a lot of good kids. A lot of D1 talent. Yeah, he built, he's definitely building that brand up, and it's just – it's getting bigger. Yeah. And it's like a talent factory now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's got his, his biggest one. His biggest one. Oh. I saw him in a bubble here. Uh, he's at Missouri, so. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah, all y'all coming out the lab. Yeah. <laughs> so, speaking of, you know, putting out talented guys, you chose to play prep year, uh, post-grad year at uh, DME Academy. So what was your experience like there and how did that help you grow as a player in that, in that year? Uh, that year was, was special to me because I think I, I learned how to work. Uh, you know, I was in the gym every single day, every night. And just, uh, I just dedicated, I told myself I was going to dedicate that year to just getting better and, you know, almost like moving at my own pace and not worrying about what other offers other people have, or, you know, how, what other people are doing, just worrying about me getting better every single day. And I just – I learned a lot about myself that year. I like that. That reminds me of this, uh, this quote. Winners – there's two people, winners and losers. Winners worry about winning. Losers worry about winners. You're just worried about yourself, doing what you have to do for you. And obviously it paid off. Big way. Yeah, that was, that was, a, that was a big year. Hard year, but definitely a big year for me. You know, we see, we see the dividends paying off. Like uh, – at Drexel right now, I mean, you made history becoming uh, one of three Drexel players ever to be named uh, the CAA Rookie of the Year. How did it feel knowing you became a permanent part of uh, CAA and Drexel history? And uh, looking back on it, was it the biggest highlight you've had at Drexel? Um, you know, it was huge knowing that uh, only two other players have done that other than me. But, um, no, nah, the biggest the biggest award is that CAA championship. Uh, yes, sir. I told Spiker from the from the day from the day I got there that that's what I wanted to accomplish. Um, you know, even when I got other awards, that's the only one that ever mattered to me for real. So I'm just happy I got that one. Yeah, man. Banners, banners last forever. Right. Every day I walk in the gym, that's the first thing I look at. That's what wonderful. So, like, oh, I want to put one right there. <laughs> 
And and uh, this year, you're a junior, and being one of the uh, longer tenured players in Drexel, uh, do you take accountability for your leadership? Uh, yeah, I think Coach Spark, me and Coach Sparker have had like a million conversations about that. Uh, just just being that leader and being that guy, and not only you know showing what you can do on the court, but you also have to you know, talk to younger players and just and lead by example, honestly, coming in every day, ready to work um, was a big thing for me this year because I'm not going to lie, my first two years, some practices, I, I would take take a couple of practices off, you know, go through the motions. But, you know, this year I just really prided myself on, on coming to work every day and just putting my hard hat on. Well, it definitely, it's, it's, it shows. I mean, the team team goes as you go. Um, they follow your lead left and right, and um, it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch. Even even as a Towson and Northeastern grad, man, it is fun to watch you guys play. <laughs> How do you feel about Tyson Walker getting up out of there? Uh, I, I think it's a good decision for him. Um, I think he'll come out, you know, I think he's doing what he needs to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah I feel the same way. Yeah, but – Coach Spiker, um, you know, Coach Spiker has received a lot of praise. He's clearly had an impact on you uh, and this team. You know, guys like Coach K, Kevin Anderson, John Beeline, Coach Donahue, they've all spoken about, you know, um, him as a coach at the college level. So what has he done for you guys, um, cohesive-wise? What has he done to bring you guys together? Um, he always stresses, stresses uh, you know, just being about ourselves. Uh, you know, not worrying about our other opponents, you know, even even when we're going to play someone on the weekend, the first thing we do, we come in on Monday and we and we worry about ourselves. We don't go over any scout. We just we just go out there and compete. And, uh, you know, he, he stresses a lot of things, but he's always saying iron sharpens iron. And, you know, that's every day. That's what we do. Yeah, it shows it shows every single time you guys are out on the court. Um, you guys are an extension of, of Coach Spiker. Um, that whole coaching staff has been at the top of the CAA for years. Um, and it's, I mean, I can say it so many times. It's just fun to watch you guys play. Like you guys are just out there. You are cohesive. You are playing as a unit, no matter which five guys are on the court. Um, and it, it honestly, it, it, it leads into the next question I have, you know, March 7th, you guys are the sixth seed. You upset number three seed Charleston. The next day, you guys, again, the underdog, all right? You toppled Northeastern, the two seed. Finally, in the championship, you guys, like I said, very few teams play as the underdog in two straight games, only to be the higher seed taken on Elon. You guys won the CA tournament. I mean, what, what was it like playing as the underdog in the first two games, then switching it up and being the higher seed in that championship? What did it do mentally for you guys? Uh, you know, it was kind of weird walking out there and going to the other bench, I'm not going to lie. And we were so used to going to that to that other to the away bench, and you know we get to the championship game, we're at the home bench. But uh, you know we just we just had a chip on our shoulder. Um, we felt like honestly the league did us did us bad. We had two home games all year. Like we played more games at JMU than we did at our own place, and you know they let teams uh, almost not want to schedule us, and they just they just let it go. And you know we. We practiced for like four weeks straight without a COVID pause. We just every single day just practice, practice, practice. And, you know, I think that that kind of put a chip on everyone's shoulder. 
I like would that. Would you say, like, all that extra practice time, would you say it moved you guys, like, further as a team? Uh, yeah, it definitely helped us. You know, dudes were coming in every day, uh, getting individual work in before practice, um, you know, practicing hard. We was on for, like, two, three hours every day. And, you know, we just – everyone got better. We got better as a team, and it paid off, honestly. I'm honestly thinking that that's going to be one of the things that helps out you guys in the tournament. I mean, CA played – 20% less of their games than almost any other conference this year. Teams are not going to know what to expect when you guys walk out on the court. Um, I think that's going to be huge for, for you guys. Yeah, hopefully hopefully less film helps us. <laughs> now we still got a couple sets that we haven't brought out. So Yeah, so uh, congrats on your uh, CAA win because that helped you clinch the tournament. And um, – with your eyes on uh, Illinois, what are you guys going to do to prepare to take them down? Uh, just be real specific with the scout. Um, everybody plays their role. and We know everybody in the country knows they're a good team. Uh, they're probably one of the hottest teams. And, you know, for us to, to be in the game or, or even win, we have to play a good game. And I think everybody, everybody uh, in this program knows that. So we're going to go out there and just, you know, do our best to play our best game that we have all season. That's great. I'm, I'm, I'm a big history guy. The last time that Drexel made it to the tournament was 25 years ago. As an underdog, that 96 team made it to the second round. They upset the number five seed Memphis team before losing to Syracuse, which funnily enough, they actually went on to the championship game that year, which Illinois has a chance to do right now. Um, what is it that you guys think can make you the Cinderella team this year? Uh, our well, one, our ability to shoot the ball is something that people don't want to see in the tournament. Um, you know, we have a lot of dudes that, that are shooting over 40 percent and, uh, you know, sh our shooters are hot right now and that's kind of dangerous. And I'd say just our toughness on the defensive end, uh, you know, and our rebounding. So, uh, yeah, I think I think we're not as easy as out as people think we are. And hopefully we can just prove that on Friday. Yeah, you guys have some great length. You got great length at the uh, the guard positions all the way up through the big guys. A lot of a lot of international talent. I didn't realize how much you guys have. Um, but you know, we've asked about what your team has coming up. Personally, for you, you've got a chance to join Damian Lee and Malik Rose and Michael Anderson from back in the seventies to be a Drexel Dragon in the NBA. Um, you know, what would it mean to you personally to join that prestigious group in the next few years? Uh, that'll mean everything if I, if I get the opportunity to do that. Um, you know, those are all great players. Uh, you know, Damon Lee's a dude that, you know, he always congratulates us, you know, always reaching out. And uh, also Malik Rose has been, all the alumni have been great to us. And I'll just be amazing to just be one of them and be a part of that group. Well, you've got the game for it. From watching you play, you've got the uh, – You've got the control over your game. You've got the control over everyone else on the court, too. I, I can definitely see it. I can see you making it to the game, to the NBA one day. Anyways, now we're going to transition to some fan questions that we got in for our mailbag. So uh, first off, we're going to start with uh, Eddie Higgins. He says you guys were high school teammates. It's <laughs> yeah. a lot of holler to the boy. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. <laughs> All right, next up, we got uh, Johnny Trebet, and he's asking – to, he says, tell me something that you learned from Coach Trebet down at DME Academy. Uh, 
you know, first of all, I repeat to my guy. Um, you know, he passed away a couple years ago. But um, you know, he he was he was huge in my development. Um, you know, he kept me grounded every single day. Uh, even when I wasn't having the best days, uh, you know, he would just talk to me and just keep me going. Um, and I just learned to keep fighting from him. You know, I wasn't I wasn't getting the looks that that I thought I should be getting in my my post grad year, and he just he just kept me going every single day, uh, made me work harder, and he pushed me. You know, for that I always thank him. All right, next up from our fan questions, we got your assistant coach, uh, Mike Jordan, and his question is, can you guard Coach Jordan? Um. Yes. First of all. Yeah. I don't think Coach wants to hear that, man. Oh, man, besides how many sprints you run. Yeah. Right. You know, he was a great player. Uh, I don't know if he has the athletic ability that he once did. So, you know, he's a, he's a good shot maker, though. I'll give him that. And Coach gonna clap back at you tomorrow. <laughs> we go back and forth. That's my guy too. All right, next up, we got SG The Real on Instagram, your teammate SG. Uh, his question is your favorite Drexel memory. Um, uh, well, one, I'm going to have to go with winning the CAA championship. But that's uh, – I don't know. I, I just say my, my favorite memory is just being around, you know, <laughs> Sam Green and just being- – <laughs> Just being around my guys, they're all goofy. Uh, you know, we crack a lot of jokes, and we're just clowning 24-7. So, I don't, I don't think I have a specific one. Everything. Hey, great. It's great to hear you guys got that chemistry, though. Yeah, yeah I mean, we've. I feel since I've been here, uh, that's one thing that uh, Spiker has done is just recruit a, a bunch of guys that just enjoy being around each other, just joke, uh, crack a lot of jokes. You know, everyone's involved in the locker room. You know, there's no one that's like an outlier. So it's just, it's always fun. That's great, man. That's what you end up remembering in the long run. That's fun. And then our final fan question, also coming in from SG again, is your favorite pair of hoop of hoop kicks? Uh, either the 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 Paul George ones, or. Or Kobe fives. Uh, you just choose. You just choose uh, two all great selection, all time great selections, bro. Those are like in like the the, the kicks hall fame. Yeah, if I could get it, if I could wear another pair of those PG ones, I would. I, I need to get another pair of those. Mine is so beat up. There's like a hole in the bottom. I still wear it to the park. Yeah, yeah I got. Yeah, I I have like two three pairs. All got holes in the bottom of them. So I can't. I can't even wear them anymore. But. Yeah, so perfect, dog. All my Kobe's. I got a couple pair of those. All right, so Cam, we've got a couple training questions. You know, for guys who want to get to where you are, you know, mimic the success that you've had. Um, What's the best piece of advice that you've received about your game that you think someone else could benefit from hearing too? Uh, I know it's very cliche, but probably just just keep working. Um, You know, you never know when your life can change. You never know you know, when that first offer is going to come or you never know who's watching for real. Um, You know, every game you got to go out with a clear mind and just, uh, and just kill whoever's in front of you and just, 
uh, you know, get everybody involved, be a team player, but um, also be aggressive. Nice. All right, next up on the list, uh, you're a knockdown shooter. You have great mechanics. You're shooting 42.5% from three this year. Uh, what does your shooting routine look like? How do you get there? Uh, I come in every morning and just uh, with one of the assistants uh, who, who recruited me, uh, Coach Jennings, we come in every morning and he just rebounds for me and we go about 30, 45 minutes of just uh, shooting. Uh, off the dribble pull-ups, mid-ranges, threes, deep threes, uh, you know, screen, flat screen threes, just all type of different shots. And, uh, you know, I work, I work on my post-up game a little bit. Um, so, yeah, just, just getting a feel from different spots of the court and just shooting. Yeah, that's something that we pretty consistently heard from a lot of really good shooters that we've interviewed on this pod saying that, like, they got to get up different types of threes, not just taking standstill ones, but they like take like off like pin screens, off the dribble, like off like curls and whatnot, because it helps them get ready for the game. I take it you attest to that too, right? Yeah, just just game like reps, you know, whatever, uh, whatever shots you're going to get in the game. Like I know for the most part where my shots are going to come from, what type of threes I'm going to get. Uh, you know, I'm a ball handler, so Spiker's not running too many pin down threes for me. So, you know, I'm, I don't, I don't really practice too many pin that down threes, but, you know, I just come off ball screens, uh, different ball screen coverages, and, uh, yeah, just shoot from different spots. Well, you mentioned that you're, you're a ball handler, you're a playmaker. Um, you came in and had immediate impact. Set the Draxler freshman record for most assists in a season with 174, um, but you've kept that rate up for the last three years, finishing with over five assists per game. What have you done to develop into such a reliable playmaker? How have you developed that skill? Uh, I think I was, I was always a, a pass first type of guy. Um, probably a little too much for, for my dad. You know, he hated that. <laughs> but um, I just, I could always pass and I just, you know, developed scoring as I went along. Um, you know, I always wanted to throw a flashy pass, throw behind the back pass and no look pass. So. Uh, you know, I still my favorite part of the game. Nice. But you say it's just like it's just like game reps. Yeah. Word, word. All right. And then our our, our last train question for you is uh we all know that you get better as a player when you work in the gym and you go polish areas of your game that need it. But outside of uh working on your game in the gym, how else do you grow your game? Uh, I, for my first couple of years here, I watched a lot of film with, with the assistant coaches, uh, you know, just, you know, the game was kind of, kind of fast to me when I came into college, um, you know, after two years, the games slowed down, but the game was real fast when I came in and, uh, I just had to watch film and just slow the game down that way. And that's really helped me. But now I take more, um, accountability and just recovering my body. You know, getting in the ice tub, getting treatment. Uh, I feel like I'm an old man sometimes. <laughs> too many damn minutes here. <laughs> like that. I wake up, stuff starts aching. So I got, I got to take care of that. You ever tried a uh, Syro? No, I haven't. I haven't. My guys, my guys always be trying, telling me to try it. And I'll tell you this though, I can't even imagine doing that. I can't even hop in an ice tub. It's too cold for me. Yeah, the ice tub is, is as cold as I'm going to get. I heard it's colder than that. Um, 
don't know about that for me. <laughs> <laughs> so rest and recovery, important things. Um, you know, Cam, we, we're excited for you and the journey you've got coming up in these next few days, man. We've gotten to watch you play a little bit, talked a bit about how you've grown from that guard at Holy Trinity to a potential CAA player of the year candidate. And now your squad is rolling into the uh, NCAA tournament in the next few days. We are expecting some big things from you and from Drexel as you guys uh, face off against Illinois this week. Best of luck over the next few days and beyond, man. We'll be watching and cheering for you guys. Um, we appreciate you hopping onto the Swishwire podcast today. I appreciate you guys having me. It was great, great being here. You know, some great questions. Uh, just appreciate it.